Welcome. Your journey starts with improving every aspect of your life. Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast is about discovering your true potential, overcoming your fears, and fighting life like the brave warrior that you are. Be sure to hit the like, comment, and follow button. Your host, Miss V, the Core of Life coach, has over 20 years of military and personal life experiences transforming lives from a caterpillar to a butterfly and bringing on the top influencers, successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and more who are rock stars in life, business, and relationships. On days when everything seems overwhelming, someone must remind you that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And with rain comes rainbows. What seems difficult to swallow today is exactly where you'll derive your strength from on the days to come. You are greater than your fears and braver than you seem. Miss V, the core life coach, shares how the hurdles of today will build your tomorrow if you take the right road. Your brighter future demands that you can step up now and change the game for yourself. Well, hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to my first episode on bbsradio.com. Let's talk Corlysis. Leave room for dessert podcast. What is Let's Talk Corlysis? Now, it's going to be very exciting, but let me let you know something. Check this out. It's about learning how to live from your core, to love yourself from the inside out so you can be the rock star for yourself, your family, and relationships. What is Leave Room for Dessert? These are my special guests that are rock stars sharing their stories of being resilient in their life, business, and relationships. I am your host, Miss V, the core life coach, teaching you how to transform your life from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And I am the first African-American Iraq War Veteran to speak on TEDx on June 10th, 2021. What a full circle this has been. Today, I am so excited because this is going to be epic and it's going to be an historic moment because I have two special guests today. Let's go. And I want you to welcome Miss Dion Sims to the podcast. Hello. Hello, Miss Sims. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored today. Well, thank you. I would like to just give you a little bit so the listeners can know a little bit more about you. Is that okay? Certainly. 
Miss Sims is the granddaughter of Dr. Opal Lee, the grandmother of Juneteenth. She is the president and the founder of Unity Unlimited Inc., which is a nonprofit organization focused on producing educational activities and opportunities to support unity and understanding. Again, welcome, Miss Dion Sims, to the show. Now, Miss Sims, it's a pleasure of you being with us on the podcast of Let's Talk Coalitions, Leave Room for Dessert. I'm going to dive right in so the viewers and the listeners can know more about you. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. And first, I'm going to start off with, I have to know this, who inspired you to become the president and founder of your nonprofit, Unity Unlimited Inc.? Well, quite honestly, um, more than 20 years ago, almost 25 now, um, it was my pastor, um, quite honestly, that inspired me to um, want to help people, specifically young people, um, to overcome what I saw was this division and this divisive spirit that just seemed to be creeping back in. Um, into the hearts of young people, and my desire was to be a conduit, right, to be a help for them, because if they did not overcome that particular divisive spirit, when they got older and had to work in corporate America, they wouldn't be successful. So it was really inspired by my pastor's. Wow, that's that's amazing that you would say that it's your pastor. I really was going to think that you're going to say, oh, it's my mentor that um, inspired me. So that is great that your pastor took the time out to say, hey, he saw the vision in you to say, hey, let's put that leadership hat on and let's see you as a nonprofit business owner. And they really supported. They really did support me in that venture, and from just having an idea to actually being a nonprofit. So it it really was my pastors. Yeah. Wow. What is it like to be the granddaughter of Dr. Opal Lee, the grandmother of Juneteenth? As her granddaughter slash manager slash. Um, person that gets her chauffeur, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's really a privilege uh, and an honor uh, to be that for her. Um, she does so much for so many people that she doesn't really think about herself or how to, you know, handle getting all the things done, right? So she's just full mm-hmm. of ideas, full of you know, helping people that she doesn't really take care of herself like she should, right? Because she's just always uh-huh. going. And so I think it's really inspiring and in watching her uh, get up every morning with a list of things that she sets out to do. Um, and she can knock off some things and then she'll take that list, add it to tomorrow's list. 
and, you know, just keep going. And she really says that is what keeps her going is, you know, knowing that there's still so much to do. Who's got time to think about, you know, the problems that I might be facing, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it really is inspiring to, to be the granddaughter of the grandmother of Juneteenth. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Briefly walk us through your day as a chaplain of the Ethel Ransom Humanitarian and Culture Club. So Elsa Ransom is a part of the National Association of Colored Women's Clubs. And as a chapter member here in Texas, um, as a national organization, the goal is to bring women together, sisterhood and service, and, and for our community. And so as a chaplain, um, I'm also a minister, an ordained minister, and it's my um, desire right, to make sure that, you know, we open up our meetings, you know, always acknowledging God first, all right? That's that's the thing that starts my day, as well as mm-hmm. all the areas that we work in, because he says, if you acknowledge me in, in all your ways, he would direct your path. And so as a chaplain, um, it's, it's just one of the things that you take a privilege in uh, helping the other ladies at least acknowledge you know, who he is and how good he is before we get down to the business, which sometimes can be a little (laughs) cantankerous depending on what we have to work on. So always acknowledging him keeps uh, a spirit of peace through the deliberations, right? So being being a chaplain um, and serving, uh, again, serving however you can be used is is always rewarding. Well, I got to ask you a tough question because I know when you wear a chaplain hat, that is a lot of dedication and also time away from your family. So give us a little bit more about how you are as a chaplain and what does that truly mean to your core as being a chaplain? My daughter uh, tells me all the time, she says, Mom, you need to, you know, take off your Minister Dion hat <laughs> and put on your mama hat. I <laughs> Because I need to talk to my mom instead of Minister Dion, right? And so, Mm -hmm. but I think that trying to separate who I am as a believer, who I am as a a Christian, um, is, is hard for me. Because when you live a life that desires to please God in all that you do, that Mm -hmm. minister hat you know, becomes the the forefront because I'm always thinking, um, if this person needs to come to me and to for me to get to God, you know, for anything, would they see me as a conduit if I, you know, bless them out because they didn't do something right or because they attacked me, you know, I, I had to go through that experience. You know, someone was coming against me in a mm-hmm. meeting and if I had allowed my flesh and what I was thinking in my head to come out of my mouth, I would not have been able to minister to them um, uh, as she then let me know she was fixing to leave because her brother died and she needed to go back home out of town to, you know, prepare his stuff. So I was able to pray for her because I did not let my flesh, what I would have mm-hmm. said if I had let my minister Dion hat, you know, switch to the backside. I would not right. have been able to pray for that person at the end of this meeting, even though they were attacking me in the meeting. 
right? Wow. So, you know, the the thing is, is that being an ambassador for Christ, being, uh, that is my core. First and foremost, making sure that I am, you know, walking in integrity, trying to make sure, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but making sure that at the end of the day, I can rest my head down because, God, I did not embarrass you today. <laughs> I did not cause injury to the to the to the name of Jesus. All right, and and who He is. So you know that that is my core. So when my daughter tells me, you know, to take off my Minister Dion hat, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, um, it's it's you know a difference. True, you know, she's not. Mom, I don't need you to preach to me. I need my mom. I'm like, well, your yes. mom is still going to give you the word, you know, because my opinion doesn't matter. And I'm training you to have a personal relationship with God such that when you, when I'm not here, he's your first call for help, right? So, yes. you know, it, it, it's in my core. That is my core. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question about the chaplain, putting on that chaplain hat. Uh, could can you remember when you first began as a chaplain, and what are some of the challenges that you faced when you first began as a chaplain? Well, um, chaplain for Epa Ransom is just one of the duties that I've had over the years. If you go back to when mm-hmm. I was called to ministry, mm-hmm. that's that's a different time, all right? That's been more than 20-some years ago, back in 1994, okay, 1994, um, when I heard the call um, to ministry. And I I remember the evangelist uh, coming to church and preaching a conference, and he wanted to pray for all of the ministers, okay? And mm-hmm. the Lord, you know, impressed on me that I needed to go up and be prayed for. I said, but I'm not a minister. I'm not, I mean, because, I, you know, I don't want to be putting on airs. I don't want to be, you know, be a false prophet get struck down in the church, right? Right. <laughs> you know, yes. but he said, you are a minister. He says, you are called to minister to young people. And I said, and I, and I remember it. I can still hear the Lord say that. And so I went up to be prayed for. Uh, for an impartation um, for teacher because I'm a teacher, um, and but I remember that um, when I was called, and then we went through training and went to school and you know and all of that. But still, that impartation, that call from God to let you know, yes, you are, and I've called you for that purpose, right? So right. Um, I take it very seriously because mm-hmm. it's not my opinion that matters. And I know sometimes people are like, well, I don't need a scripture. I just need to, I just want to talk to you as a, yeah, but see, if I give you the wrong advice because I'm telling you and giving you a piece of my mind and what you ought to do and what's my opinion, and you fall into sin or you, you know, fall into, you know, misdirection or deceit, then I've done you a disservice. So I really do try to make sure that any ideas or anything that I convey is based on the word because that's what will ultimately not let you fail. So I, I do take being a chaplain, being a minister, um, seriously in all that I do. 
awesome, awesome, awesome. I, uh, what stands out to me is about the the young people. What is some of the roles and the roles that you play as a chaplain for the young adults or the young children? Because I know to, as in the world today, we have the pandemic, we have a lot of uh, bullying, we have a lot of things that are going on with these young adults. So what is your role as a chaplain for these young children, young adults that need some inspiration and motivation? Well, I think the one thing that young people need today is someone to listen to them. Um, they are always in front of their phones, right, their computers, their TikToks and, yeah. you know, Instagrams and, and all of this. And so they are constantly allowing all of that to come into um, their sphere of influence and, in, you know, in shaping what they know to be true or what they're thinking. And so my thing is getting them to talk about what their belief system is, Right. Because uh-huh. a lot of, even though they've been in church since they were little, grew up in the church, a lot of uh-huh. what influences them isn't the church anymore. And yeah. the pandemic exacerbated that because they were not in church anymore. So they could go to church if they chose to get online and watch church with their parents or, you know, go to a podcast of another man. If they chose to, back in the day, you didn't have a choice. You got up and you went to church, and your mom mm-hmm. was sick, and you got you ready, and you went, and you might have gone to sleep while you were there, but you went. So what the pandemic did, even with teenagers, um, it gave them this choice, and a lot of them would sleep through church, all right? even though church was available 24 hours because they were recorded you know, on Facebook or YouTube, they weren't going back and listening to the lessons that were being taught. They just weren't getting fed spiritually anymore. So right now, as we're getting back into being in service in person, right, um, mm-hmm. a lot of them are, a lot of churches are still having online and in-person service, and a lot of people aren't going back to in-person. They'd rather, you know, hopefully join online or watch it later, you know, they rather sleep in and I'll catch it because it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook, you know, I'll catch yes. it later, I'll watch it later, right? So mm-hmm. what I have found is that young people need someone to talk to, someone to listen to, and they are hungry for the wisdom that comes from somebody else's experience, especially from someone that, you know, they trust um, from a spiritual perspective. And so uh, I have really enjoyed going back in person uh, services and um, doing our youth uh, ministry. Our, I'm also a minister for six to twelve year olds, as well as our thirteen to nineteen year olds. So our art ministry, abundantly righteous kids uh, at Christian Outreach Center, and our righteousness inspired overcoming teens, which is our teen ministry oh. um, for right. uh, our thirteen to nineteen. This is going to be another great conversation with Miss Sims. And I have been wondering about this question that I'm about to ask her. And, and I'm pretty sure she's going to just give us the aha moment on this answer. Miss Sims, I have to ask you this. 
what was going through your mind being present at the White House signing of the bill that established June 19th of every year as a federal holiday? You know, I can honestly say that I wasn't surprised, okay, because I told my grandmother when she told me in 2016 that she wanted to walk to D.C. from Fort Worth um, to bring awareness for to Juneteenth to be a national holiday. And we started putting together the plan of how she would accomplish that. I said, now, you will be at the president's side when this bill becomes law. I said, you will be there. And I said, I'm going to be with you. <laughs> I told her that. It's 2016. I said, um, this is going to be what gets it over. Because they had been working for over 20 years. Um, and more like 20, this is 2016. So at least, you know, almost 20 years in 2016 for Juneteenth to be a legislative uh, piece of action to be a holiday. So, again, mm -hmm. talking to senators and House reps and going through the process with the bill and it not making the vote and all of that had been happening. You know, revisions, some didn't like it, what it said, and, you know, so that had been happening. And she just felt it was taking too long. And so mm -hmm. when she wanted to do this walking campaign to bring awareness to it being it's mm -hmm. just time, um, I said, okay. I said, when this mm -hmm. actually comes to pass, I said, you're going to mm -hmm. be there, and I'm going to be right by your side. So as yeah. I'm sitting there in the East Room and watching the honor that's being bestowed on her and the president kneeling, you know, to talk to her and, you know, all of that, my, I, my, my face hurt from the smile that was so big the whole time, right? Um, uh -huh. Because she, she, she made it. Right. We're here. Right. Something that she had been working and been a part of for so long, she actually got to see fulfilled in her lifetime. So I was I was really happy um, and smiling from ear to ear. My cheekbones felt it, too. Wow. Wow. So. I'm going to ask you another question, because I'm thinking, wow, this is just unbelievable. But also believable because it goes to show you whatever that you put your mind to, you can achieve any and everything. What are three powerful words that describe your grandmother, Dr. Oprah Lee, and why? Consistent in that she doesn't take no for an answer. Um, she always does what she says she's going to do, okay? She's like mm -hmm. a drop of water, all right? Like the water that created the Grand Canyon that yeah. over time, you know, drove to just passing water, passing over that rock, created the – she's like – she's just consistent, all right? She doesn't do things, you know, for um, glory. She doesn't do things because people are watching her. She doesn't – she does what mm -hmm. she does because it's who she is. And when I say fervent, um, she's, she's one of those people who, when she tells you something, you go and, and do what you're told, as, as most of us follow our grandmothers, right? Whenever our grandmother told us something, we did it, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. um, 
her relationship with her Lord, all right, is real. Now, is, mm-hmm. again, is she perfect? No, we're not perfect, but it's genuine, right? And then right. humanitarian. Um, she is always thinking about somebody else, always thinking about how to help somebody else. If anybody calls her, um, she thinks the best of them, even until they're proven wrong by something that they do. And we're, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, skeptical, but she doesn't see mm-hmm. that at first. Okay. So her mm-hmm. thing is they need help and she's going to try and help them until they do something that shows maybe their true colors or their, maybe their true motives or intentions or whatever. But she goes mm-hmm. in believing the best about a person um, until they prove themselves otherwise. But She's a humanitarian. If somebody needs shoes, if they need clothes, if they need a house, if they need food, she's doing what she can to help somebody else. So um, that would be she's consistent, she's fervent, and she's a humanitarian. Wow, that's, that's very powerful. Now I'm going to ask you that same question. Give me three words that is powerful that's going to describe you to your core. <laughs> Um, if I were to describe myself, um, I think mine is, um, persistent, um, perfectionist and, um, excellent. All right. And my persistence, um, is what I think keeps us going forward, right? Um, when we get setbacks, when disappointments happen, um, the persistent faith that God's got it, right, um, allows you to have joy even in the midst of tribulation. That's one of the things that I like about having a personal relationship with God um, mm-hmm. is that joy is not an emotion. Joy is a fruit. So as a fruit of the spirit, I can still have joy, even though situations are not good. I'm not happy, but I have joy because my joy is in the confidence of knowing that my God's got me and that his word says that I triumph anyway. So that persistent faith to me um, Mm -hmm. describes me even in the midst of tribulation. Right. So when I, when I think of me, um, I think of a persistent faith. I'm I'm just trusting God no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. When I don't forgot my other two words to describe myself. What did I say? <laughs> perfectionist. You mentioned perfectionist. perfectionist. Ex- okay. Ex- perfectionist. All right. My perfectionist spirit um, can be a problem sometimes because you want something to be done right, um, and so you you know, take a lot of time making sure it's just right. And so that can spin the wheels and maybe even cause people to, you know, say I'm a nitpicker. Um, But I don't like it when I miss a a typo on something because I'm I'm an English person, right? And Or Mm -hmm. I miss a a grammar, you know, a comma was missing or something because I didn't take the time, right, Mm -hmm. to, you know, look over it one more again. Uh, or I glossed over it and I assumed it was there and or, or read it into there and it wasn't. Um, I 
I, I think that, you know, that can sometimes be a weakness, and I try to overcome that because I can't be everywhere. I can't be everything. You have to trust people. You have to delegate if you're going to be in leadership, right? Yeah. And you have to, you know, empower people. And so yeah. it, it's not a one-woman show, but you try. And so God has been helping me, right, with mm-hmm. allowing people to be empowered and what they do, even if it's not to my exacting standards, it did get done. Okay? Yeah. It did get done. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a mess, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't exactly <laughs> the way I would have done it, but, mm-hmm. hey, they did something, right? So that's yeah. where... You know, I I have to, and then you applaud people for doing what they were supposed to do, right? Yes. Instead of going, well, you didn't do it right. You didn't do it this way. You didn't. No, go ahead and say thank you <laughs> for getting yes. it done, right? So as yes. a leader, you know, you know, we we talk about there's not enough time in the day. Well, that's because you haven't got enough people that you trust with what you need to do. So you need to start training them to do it your way. And that way you <laughs> won't feel that no one can do it and you have to do everything. Right. So that's one of the things that I'm working on. Um, and then excellence. I, I have a, a spirit of excellence about me. Um, yes. that really tries to see how I can help somebody else's program be better. Sometimes folks, you know, mistake that, uh, in the saying that you're just trying to control or you're just trying to, you know, take over. Not at all. I just see that if there's something that could be done better for your event, I'm going to go do it, mm-hmm. all right? And I'm going to help yeah. it so that your event has a excellent feel to it, even if it's, mm-hmm. you know, again, adding some more stuff to my plate because there's no need in me saying, well, you need to go do this and this. I'll just, I'll just go do it for you, all right? So I have a spirit of excellence that when I see something in somebody else's event, instead of, you know, complaining to them or making them feel less than, you know, I just go Mm -hmm. over and, you know, pick that piece of paper up or, you know, cut that, Mm -hmm. you know, do something instead of complaining, right? So those are are my three, persistent faith, perfectionist, and um, uh, having a spirit of excellence. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, I got to have a... uh, I want to, I said I have, but I want to talk to you about your nonprofit. Let's go into that a little bit more. Give the uh, listeners a little bit more about why you're so passionate about Unity Unlimited, Inc. You know, um, it really uh, boils down to people. Uh, And I guess it, um, the scripture that says, let us dwell together in unity, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. That uh, is one of the things that I believe God wants from us, no matter what your color is, all right, no matter what your denomination is, no matter, you know, what your culture is. God wants mm-hmm. us to be able to operate in unity because we can get so much more done together than apart. And I think mm-hmm. the division um, that seeps in, that division comes from a spirit of fear. Um, and if you're operating in fear, you can't operate in faith. So 
So if you're afraid wow. that somebody's going to one up you on the job, or if you're fearful that your job is going to play out, and if you're scared that you know because you're black you're not going to get the job, and if you're scared that because you're a woman you know you're not going to get as much as the other people in it, if that is your total operational mode, then you mm-hmm. don't have the faith to say, God, you know what? Your favor is going to get me where um, where my education can't because favor is not fair. Father God, you said that I can do all things because Christ strengthens me. You said that I'm mm. going to have favor with both you and man. I, I, I understand what is the norm, but I'm going to operate above it because I'm your child and I'm the seed of the righteous and I'm deliver. I mean, because that's what faith does. I'm not scared of you harming me or you getting the one up on me because God mm. got me. And if people yeah. can be taught to trust God and not be scared that the color of my skin is going to keep me from or, or is going to keep me from excelling in life and that the white man is out to get me and not going to let me because my God can move people out the way. I've seen him do it. Mm-hmm. All right. People that were right. holding me back or holding position back or was it called keeping me under the glass ceiling. I've seen God mm-hmm. move them out the way so that I could go mm-hmm. up. But mm-hmm. that's because of my personal relationship with him, though. And, and, and using the, the positivity of the word of God as, as my, you know, daily routine. My God will do exceedingly mm-hmm. abundantly. Because uh, if, if I can think about it, God can do mm-hmm. more than that. Right? Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so Unity Unlimited itself is powerful because the unity that God wants us to have will take us to whole levels that we have not experienced as a nation even, right? Because that mm-hmm. division and divisiveness um, is keeping us apart. And so my goal with Unity Unlimited is to provide resources and activities and programming that builds up people to work together, young, old, in between. And so that's what Juneteenth is for us. Me and Ms. Opal, she believes the same thing, that Juneteenth is a unifier. And as such, mm. it is a great big program that allows people the opportunity to celebrate African-American culture and history, but also allowing them who aren't of African-American descent to have an opportunity to appreciate. Mm-hmm. I didn't say take over but appreciate mm-hmm. the um, history of what freedom from slavery meant, right? Mm. So when yes. we talk about unity and we talk about, you know, bringing people together to be able to have real conversations about systemic racism that is present today because of what happened over 400 years ago, you won't be able mm-hmm. to talk intelligently and honestly if there's no unity of purpose, unity of, of mind and of heart, because you'll think someone's attacking you. You think someone's mm-hmm. placating you. You think someone's trying to, you know, take your holiday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't yes. come together in a spirit of unity first. Yes. I, I totally agree. Let's, um, let's dissect 
the programs that you have because when you're talking about unity, I know you're coming together. So give us some uh, programs that you have for young people or for adults. Tell us a little bit about your program. Um, one of our big ones is Your Voice Unleashed. And it was birthed out of getting different denominations together because that was one of the divisions, right? Um, getting different races together, blacks, whites, Hispanics, you know, getting us all together, the yellows and the browns and the whites and, you know, getting, uh, and so it started with young people, allowing them to see different kinds of music and different people and then having conversations about race uh, as a part of the workshop. So they work Monday through Friday um, in the mm -hmm. evening. Um, and then, and right now it started out as just a choir, right? Um, but Ooh. now it's choir, dance, mime, drama, and art, um, visual art. And so they work, they choose a clinic, and they work in that clinic the full week. Um, and we have different um, clinicians, white and Hispanic and black clinicians, too, um, that, um, you know, work with the kids, and then they do a concert at the end so the parents can see, you know, how much they've grown and what they've learned and what they've done. So that's one that, and we have, you know, a, again, a time to talk about race relations. And I invite the law enforcement um, to be a part of the conversation because what I don't want are young people that are scared of the police. Um, and mm -hmm. then I don't. I want them to be able to see the police officer as a human being first, and mm -hmm. then knowing that they want to get home just as much as you want to get home. But you have to be smart because they are trained, all right, in a heightened state, and and, and to be to be a protection, you know, for themselves primarily because they want to go home to their family. So I invite you know them to be a part of our panel discussion. And, and allow the kids to ask the tough questions like, you know, why are so many black people, you know, arrested, all right? Mm -hmm. Again, young people want to know these things, right? So mm -hmm. that allows them to have open dialogue um, and get some answers. Another yeah. one of our programs um, is um, um, Empowering You. So Empowering oh. You is our educational component uh, of Juneteenth. Um, what really um, what really sets it apart is the fact that when we think about the news of freedom reaching the previously enslaved, you know, and you're told you're free, the question is, okay, so now what do I do? What do I do with mm -hmm. this? Do I stay here and quote unquote work for wages, or do I leave and go to a better place? Because I'm not going to get a, a fair shake here. I know what's here, and so, mm -hmm. but where do I go? Where can I go? Right. And so they mm -hmm. made decisions for their lives, you know, with very little information. And and mm -hmm. so our goal with Empowering You is to have a health fair, job fair, college recruitment, job recruitment, um, and informational fair, finances, you know, health and uh, insurance, and so that people can't say that they didn't know. Now, you might not have availed yourself to it, but there is just too much information available today for being an entrepreneur, for how to get your credit right, how to, you know, save and budget. And, you know, all of this information is out there. You know, what to do when your parent dies. Do you have a living will and a trust? You know, all of this stuff 
And so we bring it together so that people can be talked to about the real issues that they're going to face. You know, do I put my mother in a nursing home? Is there a senior living facility that's better for them? You know, and and how do I make sure my mother that I did put in a nursing home is being cared for, right? So all of these are questions that, you know, there's answers for, and we really try to empower the individual with the Empowering You event. And so that's happening um, as well uh, on Saturday the uh, 24th. Of June. Oh, okay, twenty fourth of June. Okay. Right. So, um, so your voice unleash happens Monday the fifth through mm-hmm. the tenth. That's when the young people will work together, um, okay. and they can get all of this information on our website, JuneteenthFTW.com. Um, okay. And so, of course, there's you know um, the walk, which you know um, I was hoping. Uh, Ms. Opal was um, here to talk to us about it, but uh, the walk is um, her her goal, her vision. Um, but it's it's my baby, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I see her walk. Um, she's the one that set it for two and a half miles to represent the two and a half years that it took for enforcement to come uh, to Texas, right, and and mm-hmm. free the slaves. Um, but that symbolic two and a half miles means something. And so what we want is for folks to walk with her all across the country, two and a half yeah. miles to represent uh, Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. And so um, right. when folks uh, walk and show us and do their posting on their social pages, their Instagrams, their TikToks, Facebook, Twitter, right, and um, mm-hmm. our hashtag is show us your 2.5. Um, okay. they, if they register, now they can do it without registering for sure, but if they register and pay the $35, they'll get a commemorative T-shirt um, from the Opal's Walk, but also okay. $6.19 will be given to build the National Juneteenth Museum as a donation. And so one of the um, things that I think is really important is for understanding the legacy of what that mm-hmm. walk could mean in the future. So instead of every time Juneteenth rolls around, we're just having a day off, I want us to be able to think, are we free yet? You know, from the time that it was made a holiday, do we see a reduction um, in police brutality, in the number of blacks being put um, unnecessarily in jail? Do we see... The, the numbers of blacks being, you know, dying in police custody go. I mean, there are so many measurements that we can benchmark today and look mm-hmm. at in the future to see if we made any progress in, in freedom, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so that's what I want Juneteenth to be is a chance to, you know, look and see have we enacted policies, undone redlining, you know, undone mm-hmm. unfair uh, loan practices so that a entrepreneur, you know, a BIPOC entrepreneur gets the same kind of loan with the same credit rating that someone that's white gets with the same credit rating, right? Mm-hmm. Are we yeah. equal? Is equality in play, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, and, and not, you know, necessarily gentrification taking over, mm-hmm. you know, historic, you know, neighborhoods, uh, but are we investing in our historically black neighborhoods, 
such that redlining that kept them from being able to be the prime property, you know, is now gone. And, you know, blacks can live there and afford to live there because the money hasn't, you know, taken the prices up and made the taxes too high so that people lose mm-hmm. their land, right? So that's not – got to think about the holistic approach of freedom, and that's what I hope Juneteenth becomes. And I like how you said that the holistic approach of freedom. Can you go a little bit more into that for our listeners? When we think about what did the Emancipation Proclamation do, it ended slavery. All right. It didn't say it ended slavery for black people. <laughs> it ended slavery. One, yes, for states that are in rebellion, but then the 13th Amendment came around after it was ratified to officially end slavery for the nation, right? Um, but it did not put a color on it. So if we think about slavery back then, we need to think about in today's modern world, what is the face of slavery now? We are slaves to debt, right? We are slaves mm-hmm. to um, our um, um, there's human trafficking, all right, that people are still literally enslaved because people take their passports and say, you know, you have to buy your you have to buy it back. You have to work so many hours of work and, and make me this kind of money before I'll give you your passport back. That's slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so when you think about slavery, it's not just a black thing today. Mm-hmm. Juneteenth is about emancipation or freedom from slavery in all its forms, affecting all its people. And so the sooner we're able to... Um, get past Juneteenth, you know, celebrating freedom for the enslaved in our past, Juneteenth really has to be about making sure we maintain that freedom in our future. And so that young people understand that, you know, there was a time when education wasn't for everybody. So take advantage of the education you get today in school, right? Um, There was a time when certain people were considered property and couldn't own property. Now you have the opportunity to own property, be your own business person, be an entrepreneur, take advantage of those resources so that freedom, financial freedom isn't tied to a nine-to-five, but your passions can be uh, a moneymaker for you. One thing that the pandemic did, is it made people's side hustle become their main hustle, okay? Yeah. It became their main moneymaker when companies were laying people off hand over fist. Mm-hmm. And so people had to continue to feed their families. And so that kicked in a, you know, a survival instinct that says, I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. And so then their passions became their purposes and became their pocketbook, okay? Wow. So what does that freedom from a time clock mean, okay? It means I'm, mm-hmm. I'm my own boss now, okay? Mm-hmm. What does freedom, financial freedom, mean? What does freedom in our health care mean, all right? It means that mm-hmm. I can get to the doctor. 
I can, you know, be treated fairly, all right, and um, I can mm-hmm. know my numbers. Sometimes mm-hmm. the fear of knowing your numbers or seeing the doctor, you know, because he's going to tell me something I don't want to know. Well, <laughs> that's a fear from freedom. That's a, a fear that you need to be free from, all right? Mm-hmm. Knowing, you know, your numbers is a good thing so you can know how to take care of yourself. So, mm-hmm. again, um, my thing is for Juneteenth um, and the concept of freedom to be so much larger than our past. It has got Absolutely. to transition to our future so that we don't lose the freedoms that we've gained, but there's still more freedom to come. That is very educational, Ms. Sims, for sharing this. Because can I, when can I bring Ms. Opal on? She's calling me. Oh, is she? Yes. Okay. Do you mind? We have two minutes. Ms. Opal? Yes. I want you to meet Ms. Valisa. Valisa? Hi, Ms. Opal. Lee, how are you? I'm alive and kicking. What about you? <laughs> I am doing well. We have a, a short, brief moment. We got like a minute and a half, I would like to say. We love you. We thank you for being the grandmother of Juneteenth. Give us something, a little something, because we got we to gotta leave. But we want to hear from you briefly. The floor okay, is yours. Where, you, where are you going? <laughs> well, we've been on the show for almost 55 minutes, and we got... Two minutes left. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No. We, we can reschedule you, but give us something to know well, more about young, young people. And remember, you're all young people if you're not 96. You have a job to do. You need to make yourself a committee of one to change somebody's mind. If people can be taught to hate, they can be taught to love. And it's entirely up to you to make the change. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. You're going to have to work at it. We don't have guns, but we've got sharp minds. And if we use them, oh, what we can accomplish. We took a 1,500,000 signatures to Congress. And we would have been able to take that many more. Don't you know three million people on the same page could turn this country around? And it's left up to you to do it. And remember, I'm your grandma by another mother. Wow. Miss Dion Sims and Dr. Opal Lee, the grandmother of Juneteenth, thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk Coalitions. Leave Room for Dessert podcast. Let's Talk Corlicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V. The Core Life Coach will give you the tools to build resilience and activate the leader within and identify what truly matters in your life. Some years down the line, you'll look back and smile at how you thought you might not get through it. That's when you'll be proud of yourself for prioritizing your well-being and personal growth. You are the rock star that your family and kids look up to for light. Let's help you grow and evolve with Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V. 
The Core Life Coach, an unparalleled opportunity to truly live up to your fullest potential and find comfort in your own skin. 